0: This is Reflections of the Lighthouse, a podcast sharing the hope of the gospel for those struggling with life-altering addictions. If you'd like more information about the Lighthouse and the services they provide, visit BiblicalLifeRecoveryCenter.com. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon Bauer and Dwayne Maudlin. Hi, my name is Brandon. Welcome back to Reflections of the Lighthouse. I'm sitting here with Pastor Dwayne Maudlin, and we're going to talk about heart issues today, and how the gospel affects our heart.
1: Yeah, um, I think we get a really good picture of what the human heart looks like away from God. Uh, um, Jeremiah, in uh, his uh, book Jeremiah 17:9, Jeremiah writes, "The heart is deceitful above all things." desperately sick who can understand it um, I think that's a, a pretty clear picture um, if we're honest we lie to ourselves a whole lot um, we allow our hearts to convince us of uh, lies uh, we think some things that our heart tells us that some things that are bad for us are going to be good and some things that that are good are going to be bad and uh, it, we're in a condition called sin, um, which has impacted um, our hearts. And, and the word "heart" in the Bible is a pretty encompassing term. It really means your mind, how you think, your will, and your emotions are all a part of the heart.
0: So, so there's there's a truth out there. It is that I am a sinner. And I deserve God's wrath. Yes. And our hearts, like you said, are deceptive and deceitful. Yeah. And although we know we're sinners, we like to feel that we're good enough. We're smart enough. We can yeah. we can handle this. If,
1: if we ask the average person on the street, are you a good person? Uh, most people answer that in the affirmative. Yes, I, I'm a good person. So what i like to do is begin to ask some questions Brandon. um have you ever lied mm-hmm. and of course they're going to say yes. yeah uh have you ever stolen anything even as a kid yes. of course 99.999% I stole a
0: stickers bar out of a gas station when i was 9 and you got spanked didn't you? i didn't i didn't get caught here's <laughs> my confession Amen. uh we, we so we've
1: lied we've stolen jesus said if a man Looks at a woman and lusts for her in, a, in his heart. He's already committed adultery. Um, and I ask most people, Have you ever used the Lord's name in vain? Most people say, Yes. So you're a lying, thieving, adulterous, blasphemer. But you're a good person. Um, the purpose of the of the law there is to show us we're not good, and that we're in need of. Salvation. We're in need of somebody to save us from this condition.
0: So, if it's true that I'm a sinner and I deserve God's wrath, it's also true that He is holy and I'm not. Yeah, and the law
1: shows us that God's holy, He's perfect, and that we're not perfect. We're not. Holy. Jesus said, Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect in Matthew chapter five. Uh there's a problem there, Brandon. Um It's not possible. It's not possible for us to be perfect. So again, we're in need
0: of saving. A relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. The only way we can be perfect is through that relationship. Because he lived that perfect life that we were supposed to. One of the one of the big hard issues I see um, here at the Lighthouse, in, in, in my biblical counseling, and j- just in my, my workings with people, is people think that they're in charge. And in reality, they are not. God God is in charge. Mm-hmm. And when we understand that, it puts a whole new perspective on obedience, on, on sin, on the relationship with Christ.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I'm... I have struggled being a control freak, Brandon. I don't, I don't know about you, but I liked to be in control and stuff to be controlled around me. But let's be honest. I can't control circumstances and I can't control people around me. That That's out of my sphere. And by the way, w- without Christ, I can't even control the impulses of my heart.
0: Uh. Theologian Wayne Grudem says this, Sin mars the image of God in us. We no longer reflect the perfection God created us to reflect. Because of sin, things simply aren't the way they were originally meant to be. Yeah.
1: And Scripture's clear. We have all sinned and fallen short of the
0: glory of God. That's, That's a huge thought in in our counseling here at the lighthouse we start there yes i think any counseling session has to start there um counseling is evangelism before it is discipleship A- absolutely you
1: can't really disciple someone who doesn't know Christ so our first step is to walk them through the gospel their condition and God's
0: remedy to that condition so so there, there's a stigma out there that people who go to counseling have problems, that they're less than. Um, sin mars the image of God and causes problems yes. in everyone. Yes, And although there might be the stigma that if I have to go to counseling, I'm less than, I think it's the opposite. I think those people that go to counseling, that get truth, that have people building truth into their lives— are stronger, are, are um, wiser, because they're dealing with the the mar, mar, marring of sin in their life, and I think those that say, "Well, I don't have to go to counseling," and I and I, I'm I'm good, right? Yeah, I, I think that there's a deep darkness there. From my perspective, through the years of pastoring, there's a stigma
1: for pastors. Who go to counseling, Mm. especially Um, because you're supposed to be the one that's helping other people and pouring into other people and you need counseling. Why am I going to go to you if you need counseling?
0: Because we all have heart issues and we all need the gospel.
1: Absolutely. There's a reason there's been a mental health crisis even among pastors. It's because they feel like they can't reach out for help. And there's Christians out there because of the environment in the church that think they can't reach out for help in those moments when they need to sit down and talk with somebody and receive the
0: healing of God's word. So if we go back to the beginning... Of the Bible. Back to Genesis. We we talk about man was created perfect. Mm -hmm. It was created in the image of God. His Mm -hmm. his design was to walk and talk and be in relationship with God. And that was stopped when Mm -hmm. sin entered in the world. The fall of man brought devastation, and it was a devastation that was all-encompassing, which means it affected every part of life. Yeah. Every part of creation, every part of us. Including our hearts yes, heart issues drive our sinful behavior. We, we look back um, in the Garden of Eden and it was it was the desire to be like God that entered that, that brought sin into the world.
1: Yeah it, it was this idea it, the enemy came in and convinced Adam and Eve to fall for what he had done to try to do life away from God. To try to do life without God, you don't you don't need God to get knowledge, right? W- was His temptation there? Uh, y- you can have it your way, um, but life isn't Burger King. Mm. Um, now you're making me hungry. <laughs> it's we don't get it our way, right? Um, God is our Creator, and He created us with this idea of how life is to function best. Sin disrupted that functionality for life. Uh, now there's disorder. And this is what the enemy wanted. He wanted to bring back this back cre- creation back
0: into disorder, into darkness. So anytime we're dealing with sinful behavior, we have to look back at the heart issues. What is driving the sinful behavior? Um, a lot of it is that I don't trust God. Yeah um i'm i'm not i'm not believing that he has my my best he let me rephrase that we're not believing that he has our best in mind yeah so we twist and turn and create and manipulate things and this is all Heart issues, whether it's the sinful behavior of pornography or addiction or gluttony or gossip or backbiting, all of those have those sinful heart issues, issues behind. So, when you come to counseling at the Lighthouse or any biblical counselor, we're going to deal with the sinful behaviors. We're going to identify the behaviors, but we're going to deal with the heart issues. To deal with the behaviors.
1: Yeah, I, I look at it kind of like this. Sometimes people in, in counseling just deal with the behavior itself, yeah. and that's like pulling a weed but leaving the root. What happens when you leave the root of the weed? It comes back. It, it grows back. What biblical counseling's goal is to do is to not just look at the weed, but what's up under the weed? the root of the issue there, and to begin to allow the Word of God by the Spirit of God to begin to pull the root up in that heart issue so the weed doesn't grow
0: back. For sure. if We, we, we just recently had a gentleman in our program. He dealt with some sin that happened against him, and he'd been an alcoholic for 40 years. And he'd been through multiple programs that dealt with Stop Drinking You know, find accountability, go to AA or groups or whatnot. And it never worked. Program after program after program because they weren't dealing with the heart issues of unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. So when it came to the lighthouse, instead of saying go to meetings and get a sponsor and all of that, we were like, let's talk about your heart. Yeah, Let's talk about how you need to forgive this person who hurt you. There was a lot of resistance at first. But um, I remember the day that he said, okay – and about a week later, he came up and said, I don't have to drink any longer because I was drinking because I wasn't dealing with this. Yeah. After 40 years of drinking, after dozens of programs.
1: So the drinking was the weed. Mm-hmm. It's what you could see. It, it's what we call the pers- the presenting behavior. Right. But up under that weed was a root.
0: Absolutely. So as we as we work with someone, as they develop a relationship with Jesus Christ, it gives them a new purpose. The design is to please Christ, mm-hmm. not myself. So So not only do we have that new purpose, we also have a new goal in our life. And it is to live to glorify God and not ourselves. So our purpose is new and our goal is new which gives us new direction, new hope, and it changes the trajectory of our lives. Yeah, you, you said
1: just a few moments ago that it's the fight of for your life, and I absolutely agree. But, but here's the good news, that if you're a believer, you have been empowered by the Spirit of God to overcome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um Jesus speaking to the disciples right before he ascends back into heaven, says, "Wait here, wait in Jerusalem, and I'm going to send the promise, the Holy Spirit, and when he comes upon you, you shall be uh, receive power to be my witnesses. Now that word witness there can be translated martyr as well. Um, that you're willing to die for Christ. Um, I think that's both uh, was true for the apostles physically, All of them but one died. A horrible death. But also, I think it speaks to the spiritual that I'm able to kill that presenting sin in my life. And it's not in my power. It's not in my strength, but it's in the strength of the Holy Spirit. And also, with that goal in mind, um, I may, in myself, I can't meet that goal. I can't live for Jesus in my own strength, in my own. Uh, ability it takes the spirit of god
0: uh in my life to be able to do that so the gospel it's so important it's important for life and godliness and and training and we have this we're going to put a label on it it's this what I would call easy believism yeah where say this prayer, we're going to write a date in the front of this little New Testament, and you're going to heaven. Yeah. And that's it. I believe that's a false sense of security. Yes. Because just because we say a prayer once— but if nothing changes in our life, I don't believe that we're, we're following a Savior. I don't believe that we have a relationship with God. Yeah. Now, we also have to be careful there mm-hmm. that we don't present a gospel of works. Yes.
1: Um, because it's the work of the Spirit of God that produces the good works in us.
0: So like the thief on the cross. Yeah. He had no, no chance to change his life. No. Nope. He said, uh, Father, remember me, and he, and he was.
1: Yeah, Jesus said, "Today you will be with me in
0: paradise," because he truly put his trust in Christ. But someone who says, "I, I was saved when I was four, mm-hmm. and now I don't have to follow Christ. I don't have to have a new heart, a new purpose, a new goal." That's just a bunch of empty words.
1: Well, I think uh, John makes this clear in First John chapter three, where he says, "Those who remain in their sin, what, what." He's saying there those who want to camp out, those who want to stay in their sin, those who don't want to repent, those who don't want to move forward with Christ, he actually says that they've never
0: known God. Now, I don't want to negate the fact that many believing people have started with that that prayer and that date in the front of that yeah. Bible, but they've taken it further. Um, they've developed that relationship with God. God's developed a relationship with them and their their lives have been changed mm-hmm. because of that prayer.
1: Yeah, because the Holy Spirit was working in their hearts, drawing them to the person of Jesus. So
0: I'm not, I'm not going to go as far as to say that's wrong. Absolutely. But it's dangerous to say, say this prayer, raise your hand, and you're going to heaven.
1: Well, we would, it's a big word. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would call that antinomianism. Uh, Basically, antinomianism means against the law. Uh, We're not against the law. We believe the law has its place first. We believe the law draws us to Jesus, showing us we need a Savior. Secondly, the moral law teaches us how to bear God's image um, and shows us what the image of Christ looks like. And Jesus went even further in some cases. He says, you've heard it said such and such. But I say, and he takes it even further Um, again, but we can't do that on our own. It takes the work of the spirit.
0: Because our hearts are desperately wicked. Yes. And he has to be transforming our hearts. And and he does that through the gospel. The gospel exposes our desperate state and reveals God's plan to redeem us from this mess. So the
1: question that has to be walked through is
0: what is the gospel? The gospel is,
1: is that we are desperately sick. Our hearts are desperately sick and wicked. We are sinners who through our sin have been separated from a holy and righteous God. But this God was so gracious and so good that he wrapped himself in human flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, lived that perfect life we were supposed to live. So when we put our faith in him, all of his righteousness Gets put into our account. And then not only did he do that, Brandon, but he paid the price for the sins I had committed. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Hallelujah. Amen. And now brings me into relationship with God the Father
0: through his work, through his person. There's hope. And that is the only hope that's, that's, possible for someone steeped in addiction, yeah. that's steeped in their sin, that, that God loves him so much he made a way. Yes. And that is why our work here at The Lighthouse is life-transforming, not because we house guys who struggle with addiction or we have groups, it's because we present them with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God
1: works through the gospel to transform their
0: life. Oh, how amazing. Well, we're out of time. This is Reflections of the Lighthouse. Please tune in um, for our next episode. It's going to be called Graciously Accepted. We're excited about that. If you don't know about the lighthouse, please visit us at biblicalliferecoverycenter.com or feel free to stop in for a tour or give us a call at 260 255 6413. My name is Pastor Brandon Bauer with Dwayne Maudlin. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless.